Today on Locked on Rockies, we had so much fun with Evan Lang and Skylar Timmons. We brought them back to talk moves the Rockies need to make right away. A look at the Arizona Fall League, talking TV, talk, and what the first move should be for the Colorado Rockies. You are Locked on Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked On Rockies podcast for today, the 20th day of October in the year 2023. I am your host of the Locked On Rockies podcast, joined by two of the best in the business yet again, Evan Lang, Skylar Timmons, back in action. They are all over the place when it comes to Rockies media. Where should they, let's start there, proper introductions. Let's have you both reintroduce yourselves and telling us where we should go and find all that great Rockies coverage. Uh, I'm Evan Lang from <laughs> Purple Row <laughs> and Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Go to www.purplerow.com for uh, our writing. You can find other of our writing on the Fans First Sports Network website, which is fansfirstsports.com or ffsn.app. Um, we do writing for Purple Row, part of SB Nation, and then we do the podcast through the Rocky Mountain Rooftop umbrella, uh, affected by altitude, every Rocky ever, um, and the occasional other stuff. When there's time for it. I mean, you, a million other things that you guys do. And we had you on last week. We were, uh, we were talking ranking the Rockies, and there's still – I want to – we'll we'll hopefully have you guys on again when we get, get to the, the juicy rankings for the Rockies because you guys are naming off some players I completely forgot actually played for the team uh, this year right now. Um, and so uh, not too much to dive in there. And, and I wanted to start today's conversation with – being pretty pumped with the gold glove announcements. And I've been kind of tampering my expectations with that. Cause I know gold glove that there's kind of all sorts of stuff tied up in it, but it's pretty in a, in a season full of everything we just experienced to have three. And as Skylar pointed out, just barely not four uh, gold glove nominees for the Rockies. It, that has to be encouraging, right? We have to feel really good about this Rockies defense going forward in 2024. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Like Gold Glove is usually that one's of the awards more of a popularity contest because the pedigree of a name oh, really carries a guy quite a bit. And but not so much this year because notably we we see a lot of these rookies, well deserving players throughout, but especially Rockies players, Ryan McMahon at third base, who's been a finalist what for three years in a row now. Probably still won't get it, but he's still there in the conversation. Ezekiel Tovar in his rookie season, as well as Brenton Doyle. Rookies come in, and immediately they're finalists at their position. It's pretty exciting because Rockies' history has been defense, gold glove level defense, and to have three guys that you know are in that conversation, and all three have pretty strong cases to win their win their position. It's exciting. It's it's fun to see good defense, especially after some of the terrible defense we've seen you know, <laughs> in the past couple of years. Yeah, and the fact that Nolan Jones, the only reason he's not a finalist is because he didn't meet the uh, innings qualification. So Rawlings, for their gold glove qualifications, you need 698 innings played at um, the primary position before the team's 138th game. Um, had Nolan Jones gotten started a little bit sooner, he probably would have made the cut. He fell basically 30-some innings short. 
What a, how <laughs> it's that random inning count and game count. I'm sure that there's some math and some sort of factor, but it is just kind of funny. Yeah, he missed out on 30 innings because he, he he didn't have enough in the 600 range to to demonstrate it. But it's not. I mean, nothing to knock on on Nolan Jones really at, at all. I mean, I, I'm. I'm encouraged by the defense and I, and I like what even the, the potential for the defense to get better for the Rockies. But at the end of the day is defense enough. Can defense make up for lackluster pitching for the Rockies? Is this, is this maybe the philosophy of stack the field with as many elite defenders as we can to, to back up, uh, uh, you know, pitching that is going to be mediocre at, at most times. Yeah. It, like, it's kind of a twofold thing where you still want good defense behind you that any pitcher will take really good defense behind them because it makes pitchers better. Now, do, will it make up for everything with the Rockies pitching? Probably not because no, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. If you're giving up just smoking line drives, deep fly balls that end up as home runs or extra bases, but for guys to come in and make the routine plays, especially in the outfield for the Rockies, having guys like, Brenton Doyle and Nolan Jones, that goes a long way to cutting off. You know, maybe they can turn an extra base hit into a single. They can track something down in the gap or on the run, rob a home run, all, all kinds of stuff. They can do things that make your pitching better, but it's not going to fix all their problems. But it goes a long way of helping the team overall. Maybe takes a little less pressure off the pitching, or if they make a mistake, oh, my defense is there to back me up, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't completely make up for pitching, but it definitely helps. It definitely helps to have a guy like Nolan Jones or Brenton Doyle roaming around in the outfield who are going to be able to make those plays and save you some runs. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, in my own experience, I remember in high school, I was a lot more of a pitch to contact. I could rack up the punch outs, but I was like getting go to my best year, my junior year. It was a fastball on the outside, ground ball to my second baseman, flips it to first. Got that a ton. My senior year, that second baseman had graduated. I get some new, and you get the younger infielders, the sophomores, and the juniors behind me. Second base wasn't as strong. Like You lose some of that defense, and that's what I, my senior year wasn't as good because the defense wasn't as great in what I was pitching towards. And same with the Rockies. When that defense isn't great, your ground ball pitchers are, they're looking a lot more rough. And so yeah, that's how Kyle Freeland gets in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I think he's like the prime, one of the prime examples of uh, I, I call him one of the most unlucky pitchers I've I've watched. I mean, Kyle Freeland, he, he doesn't dominate you, but he is able to get that contact. But it's whether it be bloops or the, the times where the Rockies defense just seems to short circuit seems to be when he's on the mound. But when you have so many ground ball pitchers and you, and you have so much of a pitch to contact philosophy, it seems ingrained in your staff. It, it you gotta have that defense and it's, it, it is exciting to see. I, 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 I Doyle is pretty much a slam dunk, right? Do you, I, is he the only one you guys expect to, to take on the hardware from, from this award? What's tough is that he doesn't have the name brand recognition of some of the other candidates. So like you have Atlanta's uh, Michael Harris Jr. or what is it, Michael Harris II that has that name brand recognition that that does generally help with these kinds of things. It's one of the reasons why, you know, Nolan Arenado took home 10 straight, especially last year where he was just sort of okay. 
Um, and it's why, honestly, it's kind of surprising that he wasn't on the list this year, but um, he really didn't have that good of a defensive season. Um, if you're looking at it purely from a uh, from a gameplay and statistical point of view, yes, Brenton Doyle is a slam dunk. He had the single best season of any center fielder, not just in the National League, but in Major League Baseball as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's part of that thing, what's nice with the voting now, is it's part of that sabermetric index thing that has a big portion and no, a lot of credit to the coaches and guys that are voting around the league. They can't vote for their own players. So like Bud Black or whoever for the Rockies isn't voting for Brenton Doyle, but it's nice to see that added recognition as a finalist that the other coaches, they know they get the scouting reports, especially those national league coaches. They learned pretty quickly this season. And for some reason it took them even longer to not run on Brenton Doyle and Nolan Jones. But they learned it, and those guys take that. They they recognize, game recognizes game. And it was nice to see that, if nothing else, the rest of the league is taking notice of them. And again, yeah, Doyle's a slam dunk. Tovar and, and Rymack, there's, they're in those conversations, but not as good as the others. But they're getting recognized, which, at the end of the day, is really awesome. It's cool to see Tovar up there with Francisco Lindor and Dansby Swanson. He's certainly mm-hmm. not winning that gold glove over those <clears throat> guys because, as you guys mentioned, the uh, the recognition uh, it, uh, plays a huge role and doesn't really get much bigger than those two names right there uh, at, at that position. But, you know, I, I think it, it, it's, it is, at the end of the day, they're awards, they're, they're one things. But it, it's just nice to look and say, like, hey, like amidst all of this, there was some really great play being done by the Rockies and highlighted by – a, an exceptional performance in center field. If, if Brenton Doyle doesn't win, I mean, it's it, we, we won't be that disappointed, but it's certainly not because of statistical performance because it doesn't get much better than what Brenton Doyle was doing. I want to talk about the first move the Rockies should make this offseason and uh, keep checking in on the Arizona Fall League and uh, see where the Rockies might be at because uh, how you watch the Rockies is certainly going to be different next year. Uh, We'll dive into all of that coming up next here on today's episode of Locked on Rockies. But before we do that, got to tell you about some of the people that make this show possible, and that includes Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need jace medical is your solution just fill out their online form and one of jace medical's board certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate then jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filed filled and mailed directly to your home you can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment related questions at any time Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an, an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. This is the Locked On Rockies podcast. We are joined by Purple Row, affected by altitude, every Rockies ever, all sorts of of names and content coming your way, keeping you up to date. Skylar Timmons, Evan Lang here on the show. And we were talking about the importance of defense and good defense for the Rockies in the first segment there. Uh, let's move on to moves the Rockies need to make. And Skylar, shout outs to you getting that Patrick Saunders question answered there in the, in the mailbag. Yeah. Shout outs to you, my man. I'm curious if you're in the driver's seat for the Rockies right now, what's the first move? What's the first move you make? Is it, is it 
somehow convince a pitcher to get here and, and come here? Or is it a trade or is it just see what happens at the winter meetings? This is always a loaded question. And <laughs> one thing that going back, shouting out that Patrick Saunders mailbag at the Denver Post. And this is something that the thing that you always have to get in line before you start bringing your personnel is who's going to be coaching and helping this personnel. And you know, Patrick pointed out they're, they're probably not going to see Bud Black move on, but there could be other coaching staff moves. And I think the big one is pitching coach where the Rockies really need to figure out the most effective pitching coach that could get the most of helping figure out Coors Field and helping foster the best pitching out of Rockies pitchers. And we haven't gotten it. It's been a struggle since Steve Foster left. Daryl Scott, he's done his best that he can, but it's just not cutting it. And I look at the Rangers, you look at who they brought in. Mike Maddox came in and that team did a full 180 from last season, one of the best rotations in baseball this season, and it's powerhouse through the playoffs. Who can the Rockies get to be that guru to come in and help them? You know, just like Brent Strom for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Rockies need a pitching coach that can just take the bull by the horns and, and figure this dang thing out of pitching at, at altitude. Because that would be my first move. You know, who's going to help out on this staff to, to help our guys? Can we get Greg Maddox? Yeah. The Rangers have Mike Maddox. Why can't we have Greg? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's – I don't want to discredit Daryl Scott because he has a tough job, but it just felt so many times this season, all right, here comes Daryl Scott to talk to his pitcher, next pitch thrown, and it's gone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's very clear that what they're doing is not working. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that thing of Daryl Scott's been in the organization for super long, working up through the minors as a coordinator. It's again, that same thing the Rockies struggle with loyalty and being insular. We have the same guys who've been with the organization for decades, still trying to figure out the problem we've had for decades and just doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, it's maybe bringing another outside pitching influence. Somebody who's really analytically minded can know how to utilize that and also help guys know with the the nice fine mechanics and all that stuff now outside perspective perhaps it, it, it's really key honestly i mean it is it, it's it's a key moment where why why not go bring in i i, I don't, the rockies don't have a role for her, but but go go get kim ang from and and see what she could do i mean she took the marlins i mean who mm-hmm. are and got them into a point where they're legit. I mean, they might not be like Braves legit, but they're a team that if if they give themselves a chance in the playoffs, the dice are going to fall their way. Sometimes it hasn't happened this year and, and not in the shortened season, but the other times they made the playoffs, what happened? They won the World Series. You know, so so that creativity is so lacking from the Rockies. I, I just don't see them making those moves. That would be the biggest shift, I think, that you could tell if the Rockies were bringing outside people, but then when they did bring outside people and correct me if I'm wrong, they, they had a few new people that left with le- in under a year after hiring them last year, if mm-hmm. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, in 2021 to 2022, we had someone who was hired for analytics who didn't, didn't even make it through the off season. And like, you just can't have that. I mean that, and to continue to sit here and say, man, how do we figure out these problems? We've been trying to figure out for 30 years. Look, the same team has been working on it for 30 years, it feels like. And and so to to crack this code, 
it is going to require taking a step outside of the organization and bringing in someone new. I just can't really believe that this team is actually going to do that. Do you think this team actually moves on from, from Daryl Scott this offseason? I mean, it's certainly likely they moved on from some coaches last year, but I don't know. I it's I'm I'm in believe it when I see it mode here with, with the Rockies front office. And the problem is I also don't think just moving on from Daryl Scott is going to fix anything. I mean, you mentioned Kim Ng. Honestly, the first move that this team needs to make is Dick Monfort publicly going, I'm not going to meddle in baseball operations anymore, and I have hired Kim Ng to be our president of baseball operations. But that's probably not going to happen. So who knows? <laughs> what will that's it take what they to need, change? That's what they need I mean, I mean 30 years of mediocrity and losing, more realist. I mean, a couple of seasons there, but overall the, the Rockies have – done more losing than winning and Dick Monfort gets to lean back on Rocktober, which, Hey, you know, I will always love for my life. You, you know, I was just talking the other day. I will happily watch 2007 Rockies highlights. Anytime I see them pop up on online, but eventually something's got to give. And if 103 losses ain't it, what is? And Rocktober was 16 years ago. Yeah, it's going to be 20. I mean, with this team coming to fruition, it's going to be, hey, it's the 20-year anniversary of Rocktober, and they're finally making a run at it, it feels like. But yet, is there, are, are the Rockies going to be able to put themselves in a situation to, to handle a, a critical point in their pitching just for the next few years? Because you have to figure out how to start next season, and then you have to bank on health from, from two key players. Mixed with how many other arms you're bringing in, who you have in charge of your pitching coaching and philosophy is critical right now. And I'm very, my, my doubts are high. I mean, even with all these trades for arms, can we really believe that the Rockies are going to turn them into serviceable course field arms? And, and, and when I say serviceable, I mean, just give me more Kyle Freelands, you know, give me, give me more and a Herman every once in a while. And I'll feel a lot better, but I just don't believe that this team is going to be able to right now, handle this really really tough situation with the pitching yeah and we talked about this on our most recent episode of affected by altitude uh with our fellow host our fellow guest uh, kenneth weber but it's a lot of the rockies need oh and this would be another move that they need to make is is figure yourself out in-house uh, they gotta write the ship inside first they gotta look within i'll you know, find that piece and, and figure out how can we develop and fix our approach to developing pitching. You know, how can we take a Chase Dolander and help him realize his full potential of being an ace, top of the rotation type of guy, instead of, well, we got a bunch of guys that could be three or four starters in a rotation right now, but how can we help these guys be a legit, everybody could be a one or two starter in our rotation. You look at the, the Tampa Bay Rays, what's strong for them? They just keep pumping out pitchers. A ton of teams do that, and that's what the Rockies got to figure out. That would be, you know, going back to that original question, first move, figure out your pitching in-house. How are you going to develop and then make this a place that free agents or whatnot would want to come, you know, that they're not scared to come pitch at Coors Field, but it's a place they want to come to knowing that they can get better. Yeah, because it really is. It's very clear that the Rockies don't have it figured out, and if the team doesn't have it figured out, why would a big name free agent pitcher want to come here and be the person who has to try and figure it out? I heard the schools are really nice, so that, that worked out for Mike Hampton. 
but that's even the crazy thing. I have talked about this so many times. I'm sorry. I'm a Mike Hampton apologist. They signed him to an eight-year deal and cut bait super early. They really did not give him a fair chance, especially after he showed flashes of what could work in that first season, especially. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a whole, it, it all just leads into these questions about the team as a whole and, and how they run their business. And it's just, I'm, I just don't, I'm just really nervous about it. to see how this is where the rotation ended up after the promise of what was promising about those playoff runs was, wow, look at this rotation again. I, I don't ever want, I don't need the rock. I know the Rockies aren't going to be next in line for the next Kershaw's and Verlanders of the world. But again, I just want a solid one through five. Like it felt like when the Rockies were going to the playoffs back in the day where you, man, every single time one of those guys stepped up to the, uh, up on the rubber, you feel good. But when you got to go and it's like, Ty Block, Chase Anderson, Chris Flex, and Jose Arrania. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you just don't – it doesn't bring excitement. And then you guys nail it. It's You have to change the culture here and the perception here before you can start bringing in these big names that can have immediate impacts. I mean, if the Rockies were in positions to, to in off-seasons where they're just an arm away to be like, hey, let's go get a Jack Flaherty this off-season and, and bring him in, that would be – a huge step forward for them, but I just think this team is is so far off from that, and and that will be one of the biggest changes we'll see. But but there's we'll see how they start handling things in house because I don't know. I mean, it was a pretty lackluster thirty year celebration. I think this year yeah. highlighted by a lot of glaring issues for the Rockies that not sure if uh, if they're going to fix them. What's even worse is that you can now look back at those twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen rotations and see how much luck was involved in uh, those rotations being as good as they were um, just to even look at, look at Erman and look at how before this year, he had almost never missed a start in every full season. He's pitched 29, 33, 28, 13, 32, 31. This was the first season in his entire career where he's missed significant time. And that just tells you how much luck went into those two runs. And it, it, it hurts to have to say it, but it really does feel like those two runs were much more of a fluke than they felt like at the time. Absolutely. I mean, to where the Rockies are at now, I mean, it's, it, you, you can't ignore that they, they did get in, especially it, it hurts even more with them being a game away from winning the division in one of those situations mm-hmm. and just fully highlights the, massive mishandling of the team at the trade deadline and making that into a legit competitor. So we wouldn't be in this situation that we're in right now, but let's uh, shift focus here. Let's talk about uh, Arizona fall league and a uh, big question surrounding the team as well. When it comes to where you're going to be watching the Rockies next year, let's do that coming up here in segment number three. But before we do that, those daily fantasy fans out there, you don't want to miss out on sleeper, especially with the playoffs in full swing. Don't miss out on all the daily fantasy baseball action at sleeper.com. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now. I mean, the Phillies, they're hitting home runs all the time. So why not take the over on home runs for a variety of Phillies players like Harper, Schwarber? Maybe you're really uh, high on Trey Turner right now. You can choose more or less on stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for your favorite superstars and get 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you can win big. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get a $100 match on your 
your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. That's promo code locked on at sleeper.com for a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Sleeper, see sleepers terms of use for details. Again, that's promo code locked on at sleeper.com for a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. We got Evan Lang and Skylar Timmons here on the Locked on Rockies podcast, joining us, breaking down all things Rockies. And unfortunately, we we, we had to resort into downer mode for the Rockies <laughs> in that last one. That's unfortunately the reality of the situation. So let's pep things up a little bit. Rockies seem to be having making some noise down there in Arizona. I know you guys have been following that uh, with, with some of your coverage. What can you tell me from uh, the Arizona Fall League so far? Ooh, it's been fun. The Rafters got off to kind of a sluggish start so the salt river rafters are the the rockies afl team basically with a bunch of other teams so like the detroit tigers and and other teams we play with um basically just mash together our farm systems for uh, a short little season of play down in arizona the kind of unsung thing that's been really interesting is uh case williams hasn't really gotten talked about a lot case williams one of the rockies pitching prospects he's made two starts with six innings he's only given up two hits and he struck out seven he looks good and it's really nice to see that especially when he's going up against like top tigers pitching prospect jackson job for example um that's been really cool but where the, the two really big names uh, on the rafters right now that are are making a show of it are Sterling Thompson and Benny Montgomery. Uh, Sterling Thompson, the Rockies' number six prospect for MLB Pipeline, actually has like the fourth best OPS in the entire Arizona Fall League at 1.182 with uh, four doubles, two triples, seven runs batted in. He's walked 10 times to just 11 strikeouts and he's got two stolen bases. Uh, he's looked fantastic. And then you've got Benny Montgomery, who's got five stolen bases, has walked seven times to 13 strikeouts, has an OPS over 1,000 as well, has a home run, a double, and a triple, and eight RBIs. These are the two guys. These are the number six and number eight organizational prospects per MLB pipeline, and they're both looking the part down in Arizona. They've been a ton of fun to watch. Man, and those are lines that you want to hear. You know what I'm saying? The uh, uh, walk and strikeout ratio uh, uh, closer together. They're at, at long in six innings, low hit performances. Those are the type of stuff to to, to really get excited about. And man, here's a, that's what a cool idea. I'm glad that it exists. To, to it's a really great idea to get people some important playing time because why not keep the the, the training going throughout Arizona? The the, the perfect place to do it and. Um, I'm I'm curious. Is there any is there anyone that's uh, really kind of increasing their 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 presence? You you mentioned there a little bit already at the start, but is there anyone else of note down there in Arizona that that Rockies fans might hear a little bit more of as we go through the fall league and and closer to spring training? Yeah, I think it, it always pitching is always the big one. Uh, we'll always have those position players, but pitching wise, I mentioned Case Williams, uh, Jaden Hill is really one to keep an eye on. He's healthy. Uh, looks like he's no not having big stints, big outings, usually coming in for like an inning or so. But he's working through things. He's been looking pretty decent uh, there. I think he's got a 2.25 ERA in four games uh, over just four innings. Three runs that are, have been allowed, just one of them earned. So obviously minor league level production of, right. of defense. But one earned run in four innings. Uh, he's got a couple of punch outs and everything. So it's... It's good to see him on a mound and working because that's been the thing of will he ever be healthy enough to really 
do anything. And so he's a big one. Uh, Evan can expand a little bit more on Juan Mejia. He's been one that, you know, that, that people have been getting keeping an eye on. He's been having a, a pretty good little stint. Yeah, Juan Mejia's had had somewhat mixed results. So he has an ERA of 4.15, but he's also only pitched four and a third innings. But in those four and a third innings, he struck out 11 batters. Like yeah. he, he's getting the job done and he's he's not necessarily close to major league. Um, but seeing that we have these these high caliber relievers down in our farm system is is really nice to see. Uh, honestly, I'll, I want to circle back to him, too. Benny Montgomery, uh, his performance in Arizona, I think, is going to be really important to his stock, which has honestly fallen off a little bit since he was taken so high uh, a couple of years ago. He's dealt with injuries and hasn't necessarily performed up to the hype, as it were. But he put together a pretty solid season this year, and now to, he's showing what he's got down in Arizona. I think he's going to see himself rising back up again. Very mm-hmm. exciting. I think Benny Montgomery is, is a guy to be excited about. There was a lot of buzz about him when he was drafted. Someone who just has a lot of fun. He's got Chuck Nasty energy to him where I think if he does become an everyday big leaguer, he's someone whose personality is going to shine uh, on the Colorado Rockies as well. So well, great news. I mean, you know, you're always encouraged by that. I love high strikeout numbers from some Rockies pitchers. Give me more pitchers that can strike people out. Please, 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 Uh, especially uh, after how many bullpen nightmares we saw this year. And uh, just briefly here, I know that you guys probably know probably as much as I do at at this point. You guys hearing anything about the where where we might be watching the Rockies next year and, and, and who might be carrying the games? It seems to me like there'll be an MLB carry team, but maybe an opportunity. Dick Momford's maybe looking for an opportunity there. And I'm certain that Kroenke would let, or, you know, wants to get more involved there uh, in more media. Have you guys know anything about uh, what's going on with the, the, the TV situation? No, it's just kind of like with everybody. It's kind of in the dark and. Oh, as the season was ending, had Drew Goodman, Rockies TV play-by-play, you know, saying just stay tuned in the offseason, we'll have an announcement. So we're just sort of sitting and waiting on that. It's always, they change their profile pics on like Facebook and stuff where it's just Sportsnet Rocky Mountain. So maybe they're, they've got something. Uh, again, going back to that mailbag from Patrick Saunders, he said like the, the Rockies TV deals, probably they probably get about the same amount of money they're getting from the current deal they had had. So well, maybe they do go through MLB, and it's more available that way. Uh, I know Rennie Dick from from Purple Row talking to the Arizona people that cover Arizona Diamondbacks. They said there really wasn't much change. There was just no was and there was no pregame show or really any po- any postgame was the broadcasters going down and talk to somebody on the field. So it's really cut down, but it was pretty much fine. So if it goes to that, eh, probably not ideal, but. Uh, wouldn't mind them being having them with altitude, though. Nice local thing, Kaiba. The problem with altitude then is you need to make sure that they get back on the yeah. air where the majority of Colorado sports fans can actually watch them. Because I don't know about y'all, but I haven't been able to legally watch the Avs in five years. So it's such a disappointment, man. Uh, that is, and and that's what that's the only thing that I think this is an interesting storyline. I mean. If the if three major Colorado sports become a pain to watch for the majority of Colorado, I mean that's people are going to find a way to watch Jokic and the the, the Stanley Cup ass. the yeah. uh, hundred lost Colorado Rockies. 
that one might be a little bit tougher to sell. And, and that worries me legit, especially because I, I, you know, I, I think they don't have the same historic crew and I, I go back and forth, but it's, it's cool to see what the Rockies broadcast team has been able to do that. You know, of course, Jenny being able to, to, to break the, the, the ceilings that she's been able to break as well. So hoping for the best for those people, because working in media is a grind as you guys are uh, very, very much uh, well aware of uh, guys. We're going to wrap things up there. Thank you both so much uh, for, for your time before we go again, what best place to go support you guys. Cause if people have been tuning into locked on Rockies, they, know that we, we we love what purple road does and we, and we love y'all's work so so where can they go and support you guys yeah you can go find us uh on twitter or x or whatever it is uh at rocky mountain rooftop that's r-o-c-k-y-m-t-n rooftop or every rocky ever at every rocky ever uh always checking out our tweets there we're not super active which we need to get better at uh but we're always super active on our own personal ones you can find me at sideline underscore crowd and always writing Wednesday rock piles and just pumping out what I can for fans for sports network. It's not always Rockies related, but covering more stuff there. Uh, same. You can find me on Twitter for however long that website's going to be around at, at Evan underscore Lang two seven. You can also find me on blue sky, which if you're on blue sky, I encourage you to follow me at Evan Lang two seven at dot BSKY dot social. I'm doing the Thursday rock piles over on purple row.com. I actually, right after this, I'm going to get uh, started on writing my next piece here. Um, and we're going to keep doing the podcast. You can get our podcast also on YouTube. If you are of the video persuasion, youtube.com slash at Rocky mountain ever, same as the uh, Twitter at RCKYMTN rooftop. Love it guys. Thank you again so much for, for everything you do. And for all of you out there checking out the pod, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And until next time, this has been the locked on Rockies podcast. <laughs>